G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Welcome along to a special preview of tomorrow's Victorian state election. And different to the sorts of commentary that you might hear anywhere, what we'll be talking over these next couple of hours with expert Christian political commentary, including Martin Isles from the Australian Christian Lobby, Bill Muhlenberg from CultureWatt, Watch Peter Stevens from Family Voice Australia and we'll have the Family First lead candidate Lee Jones joining us a little later in this hour. A lot has happened in the state of Victoria over the past four years and tomorrow's Victoria state election will allow every voter to have their say about who represents them. Labor Premier Dan Andrews has been at the helm for eight years How will Victorian Christians judge his handling of the COVID pandemic, lockdowns and vaccination mandates? How do Christians view criminalising parents and the church offering prayer and pastoral care? On the other hand, how will Christians judge the Liberal opposition under Matthew Guy? Are his social policies any different to Labor's? Is expelling Christians from the Liberal Party the way to deal with pro-life members? And while the majors don't offer much for the Christian voter to be excited about, some Christian-based parties have re-emerged. There are hopes for Family First and the DLP, aspiring to hold a balance of power in the upper house, hoping to stop a further slide into anti-Christian socialism. Four guest panellists joining us to unpack election issues and especially how Christians are affected by the political climate in the state of Victoria. First up, let me introduce Bill Muhlenberg, our regular segment in this time slot. Bill leads Culture Watch. He's also part of the team that puts together the Christian Values Checklist. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome along. Always great to be with you, Neil. And Martin Isles, Australian Christian Lobby Managing Director. Their resource is called victoriavotes.org.au. Some great resources there for Christians to be able to research things that are going on behind the scenes for the Victorian election. Martin Isles, welcome along to you. Good morning, Neil. Good to be with you. Uh, Gentlemen, let me just start with something pretty uh, out there. Uh, very Christian. We're concerned about what's happening with faith in the state of Victoria. The Premier Dan Andrews, uh, his crusade against Christianity. Is it too strong to think that that is what is happening in Victoria? Let me start with you, Bill Muhlenberg. Well, anybody who actually has lived here for the past decade or so knows full well uh, there has been a crusade going on, certainly not just if you're a Christian, anybody, pe- people of faith, people with values, people concerned about family and other issues, they've borne the brunt of what really has been a crusade 
against everything we hold near and dear. So whether it's, you know, well, we could spend the hour going through the list. In fact, I recently did a 15-minute talk in which I discuss, as I put it, his uh, crimes and misdemeanors, but uh, just about everything you can imagine that people of faith, people of family, people of freedom uphold and uh, go with. Uh, Dan Andrews has been attacking it. So uh, it's been a rough ride, not just, of course, the uh, worst and longest lockdowns in the world, but all that's gone with it is grubby deals, the corruption, the scandals, the attempts to really eradicate Christianity from the public square, at least, if not in private. It's been a long and very difficult period for many of us. So uh, as we keep saying, this is an important election. We always say that about elections, but in one sense, that could certainly be the case with this one. And uh, for listeners thinking, wow, uh, talk about putting the boot in, uh, get ready, more of the boot coming for Matthew Guy, who he heads up the Liberal Party too. But let's stay with Dan Andrews for a moment here. Martin Isles, uh, you've been doing all sorts of things. Uh, The truth about Dan Andrews, Uh, you've been exposing a lot of those issues that people and some we might be concerned about having short memories. Uh, What are your reflections on Dan Andrews at the helm in Victoria? Well, I think that uh, Bill uh, is exactly right. And in Dan Andrews, you see the longest serving political leader in Australia uh, and also one of the political leaders that has left an enormous mark on the state of Victoria and on the nation, because a lot of the policies that he's implemented there have been exported. Uh, and again, it's just a shopping list. Uh, I did a, a video and I, you know, I normally do short videos, but it was over 20 minutes and I hadn't even got through all the things that he had done from uh, moving against Christian schools to compromise their ability to employ Christian staff to uh, passing a law that actually criminalizes on threat of imprisonment, uh, prayer for an LGBT person, even if they ask for it. If, prayer relates to their sexuality or gender identity, uh, through to uh, coming out and saying that everybody who believes what Andrew Thorburn's church believes, and it's just the mainstream evangelical church, uh, is a bigot. Uh, He's also, you know, it goes way back, ever since 2008, when he was the health minister in Victoria, he was the man who pioneered abortion to birth for any reason in Australia. And like so many policies, it started in Victoria It's now gone to every state around the country where there's abortion to birth for any reason. And he voted against things like saving babies who are born alive. They're now left to die in Victorian hospitals every year. Um, It goes on and on. I mean, this guy, if he was written up in the Bible, he would be written up in terms uh, that involve harsh judgments uh, and harsh statements about his unrighteousness uh, and his war on yeah, all that Christ and the people of Christ and people of good values would hold dear. He is, uh, I have no hesitation in saying, the worst leader in Australia and one of the worst in the Western world. It's a black picture that both of you paint about Dan Andrews. Uh, come to this point with me for a moment because it does appear to be the case that ordinary Victorians who might not be listening to programs that run on this station, uh, don't believe that all of this bad stuff is actually true. Bill Muhlenberg, you're in Victoria. Uh, How do you gauge uh, a barometer here of where ordinary Victorians are at? Do they even realise that all of these anti-Christian agendas are, are creating a monster? Well, if you'd asked me several weeks ago, I would say they're probably still asleep. Uh, 
the fact that he was handily re-elected last time, right, four years ago, and really waltzed home beating Matthew Guy, and the fact that Matthew is trying again to make it happen. All the polls up until recently were saying it's going to be another shoe-in. He'll have an easy run back in for yet another term. Many of us are thinking, where do we go? Uh, you know, do we head off to Hungary or Poland, or, you know, some faith-friendly place somewhere? Uh, we evidently understand Queensland is doing very well with its real estate market. So many Victorians fleeing. But uh, just to give your listeners a bit of hope, uh, maybe things are changing just in the last 10 days or so. Polling has shifted quite a bit, uh, pre-polling, those who've already voted and so on. Uh, all of a sudden, this kind of done and dusted election for labor, it's now looking actually very close. So maybe, yeah, Victorians are beginning to wake up. And I put this down to various things, a lot of good freedom, family and faith parties, and some of them with a lot of political nous, actually, you know, doing the hard yards and doing a lot of good work. Uh, well, I mean, even the Melbourne Age, uh, notoriously pro-labor, hardcore left, even them now starting to raise questions finally about Dan Andrews, Sky News, Peter Credlin and others have been doing some good things on what's happening. So all up, uh, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic. There's been a shift, no doubt, and we may have... Uh, well, perhaps just a minority labor government getting back in, or possibly not at all. And even more exciting, if you're a Victorian, it's even looking now that Dan Andrews just might lose his seat in Mulgrave. So uh, we can speak to these uh, matters further, but uh, just these recent changes have given me some hope that, yeah, Victorians may be starting to wake up. Well, let me stay in the deep end and the dark end here, Martin Isles, because while the the polls do appear to be tightening, uh, there may be some change that could happen in Victoria. But if change does happen, uh, what voters might expect from Matthew Guy? And from the Christian perspectives, there's not a lot of excitement here either. What are your perspectives here, Martin Isles, on Matthew Guy, the Liberal leader in Victoria? Well, it's probably important, Neil, that I say, first of all, that I don't think that Matthew Guy and Dan Andrews are the same. Um, I, I just don't think so. It's interesting. Whilst headline policies might not be very different between two governments, the effect that a government has on the bureaucracy, the effect the, effect the government has on you know, even the legal world and the appointment of the legal world, and judges and things like this, the effect the government has right across society is very profound. And I think that Daniel Andrews' government versus the Matthew Guy government would have different effects. However, uh, it is disappointing that at the headline level, there's very little between these two uh, sides of politics at the moment in terms of their social policies. Uh, we've tried very, very hard to get uh, the guy opposition uh, to come out and say, you know what, we will defend Christian schools. We will we'll preserve their rights to employ Christian staff. Or, you know what, that conversion law which criminalises people from praying and puts parents in, uh, in the, under the microscope as potential domestic abusers if they don't blindly affirm whatever the felt gender identity of their very young child might be, uh, or, or whatever other policies that Andrews has brought in which are completely outrageous, 
the guy opposition simply will not touch them and indeed in some cases has made ironclad pledges not to touch them. And not only that, but they're giving big fat grants of money to people like the LGBT Legal Centre, who are the kinds of people who actually run legal action against people like me and Bill uh, and try and shut us up and shut down our websites and shut down the things we say. Uh, So it's really poor what's going on on the opposition. They seem to be trying to beat Dan Andrews at his own game. And I keep saying, well, it's not going to, you know, it's going to, it's, it's not a great strategy because why would people vote for the fake version of the real thing? If Dan Andrews is the real thing and you're the fake one, they're not going to vote for you. You've got to be different. Um, so I'm not very optimistic about the state of the Liberal Party in Victoria. Let me ask you, uh, Bill Muhlenberg, is it good politics for Matthew Guy and the Liberals to lay low, to just give... Uh, their own uh, imprimatur to some of these bad policies from the Andrews side. Uh, is it good politics? Uh, how does the Christian look at those sorts of things? Any thoughts from you? Yes, it's not uh, good politics at all. A healthy democracy requires two distinct competing uh, different parties, if you end up with one simply being a lighter shade of the other, if you end up with both almost being a mirror image, well, you leave voters with not much to choose from, which again is why uh, the independent parties, the smaller parties, the freedom parties seem to be doing so well. Just recently, well, we had a debate here on Tuesday with Dan and Matthew, uh, 28% of those who sat through that were still undecided, which is quite interesting. So neither one has been impressive for the voters, and, uh, well, rightly so. If you don't give difference, if you don't give us real options to choose from, it, it well, it's very discouraging for one, but it doesn't help democracy for two. So we need an opposition party that has some guts, that has some moral convictions, has some principles, is willing to stand on them, willing to say, hey, we are different. We're not just a pale image of labor. We really do have some contrasting policies, sure, on areas like economics, fiscal policy. You'll always get some clear differences, but things that many of us care about, cultural matters, moral matters, religious matters, uh, when you end up with the two main parties being almost identical, well, that's bad for freedom, it's bad for democracy, it's bad for politics, it's sure going to be bad for us here in Victoria. Martin Isles, it doesn't look good on both sides. As you say, though, careful not to align one exactly with the other, so far as Matthew Guy and an alignment with Dan Andrews. What we've seen, though, interestingly for Victoria, is a re-emergence of some parties with a Christian foundation to them, Family First and the DLP. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on the importance that it might be for those two parties to get some showing in this election, especially in the upper house. Uh, Thoughts on those emerging uh, parties with a Christian foundation? Yeah, I think it is important that they get uh, some foothold, Neil. The real uh, hope, I think, for the next Victorian parliament is that the upper house will have some good minor party representation. 
So if it's a re-elected Andrews government, we can be sure that the, you know, the reign against all that is right will continue and Victoria will continue in a very bad uh, direction in terms of social and moral and righteousness issues. But uh, if there is a Matthew Guy government, the concern is that there are enormous woke elements within the Liberal Party in Victoria. You know, we just saw with the, uh, semi, the quasi-expulsion of Renee Heath for her church affiliation. You know, there's real hostile elements even in the Liberals. And so for me, I'm sitting here thinking it would be nice if some minor parties got some representation in the upper house perhaps even to have a balance of power thing where neither Labor nor Liberal quite have enough votes to simply uh, uh, own the day and control the agenda where other votes are needed from some minor parties. But it's important that people vote in the upper house for the right minor parties because there is a whole menu of minor parties available in Victoria and some of them sound so good, like a party called Reason or a party called Animal Justice. Let me tell you, they're every bit as bad as Daniel Andrews and, and, and even worse, actually, in the case of Reason Party by far. They've got to know who is good and who is not. And you mentioned, for example, Neil, the Labor DLP, so the Democratic Labor Party in full, but they're called the Labor DLP and Family First. Those are parties that are running some great Christian candidates. Those are parties that have a very, very strong Christian foundation. Uh, and in the upper house, you have people like Bernie Finn, you have people like uh, Alistair Cameron, Lee Jones, Darren Buller running for Family First. Bernie Finn is with the Labor DLP. Uh, and if you've got those people on your ballot paper, like in areas like Western Metro, uh, then you should be thinking seriously about those sorts of Christian candidates that might be a voice for righteousness in the upper house uh, and might be able to control the agenda to some degree, some degree. And that would be a great check and balance on the next government. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As you can hear, a challenging election ahead, a state election for Victoria. It's on tomorrow. And uh, with all of the black marks against both sides on the Labour and Liberal side, there is some anticipation that there would be a positive move if there was a crossbench that was a little bit uh, more open to some Christian policy and perhaps slow down some of the spiral uh, into the socialism that is Victoria's picture. Two special guests with us, Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, and Bill Muhlenberg, who leads Culture Watch. Uh, Let me ask you first, uh, Bill Muhlenberg, around the issue of preferencing, because there's been a lot in the media over just recent times about people called election whisperers and the fact that the voting in the upper house in Victoria uh, seems to be, having been dealt with in some other states, still exists where the manipulation is rife. Uh, what are your thoughts around what's been happening with preferencing? Well, this is always a kind of a headache for, I suppose, many of your average Joe voters. It can get so complex and so confusing that many just give up in despair in terms of how they mark their ballots and so on. Uh, and this time we have even more things, as you say, thrown into the mix. There's, in fact, a whole party, which is really a fake party. There's a sack Dan Andrews party, which is a scam, and their preferences, in fact, will go 
to Dan Andrews. So the electorate really does need to be informed. It needs to be aware of what's happening, which, again, is why we want to avail ourselves of the fantastic work that the ACL is doing with this election, uh, Family First also does a lot of good work, the Christian Values Checklist, and so on. So we need to be wise. We need to do a little homework. And if it's a bit too much for us, well, a lot of people have already done that homework. So, again, go to the ACL website and so on and learn more about this. But, uh, yeah, it's not just as straight and easy as we think, but with the preferences, things can go in all kinds of directions. And with basically scam parties trying to reroute our preferences, we need to be careful here. Martin Niles, some would be thinking that the Victorian Electoral Commission must know that their system of upper house voting is open to this sort of uh, uh, distraction uh, and this sort of manipulation. What are your thoughts for the integrity of our voting system and uh, perhaps why these things have not been fixed before now? Well, uh, I think, Neil, it's important that people just understand that uh, in terms of preferences, you can take control of your own preferences. Uh, At the federal election, some people were concerned that these preferences would happen no matter what and that they could do nothing about it and there was things going on in the shadows. Uh, That's not necessarily the case. If you go to vote, uh, you'll have a small ballot, which will be the ballot for the person representing your electorate in the lower house, and then you'll have a big ballot, And that big ballot will have more names on it. It'll be longer. uh, And that will be for you to vote for somebody to represent your region, which is a larger area. There'll be five chosen for your region uh, in the upper house. Uh, And if you really want to make sure that no one can take control of your preferences, when you take that small ballot, you choose the order. You say, I want this person first. This person is my second choice. This person is my third choice. This person is my fourth choice. Don't follow the how to vote cards. Just do it yourself you've taken control of your preferences. Those numbers go in the order you chose. Those are your preferences. Same in the upper house. It's a bit more work. Vote below the line, not above the line. And when you vote below the line, number all the boxes. And I get that once you get past about six or seven, you won't have a clue who they are. That's fine. Just number them all. You've taken control of your preferences. Or just numbers, you know, you need to number at least five uh, because five are going to be going to the upper house. And the more you number, the more control you take. Um, So that's important to say. Uh, So it doesn't have to be that there's secret things going on. Uh, It just depends how much control you want to take. Uh, But I do agree. I think all of these these preference deals that are going on and and the way the system works in Australia is is not ideal. Um, And it would be nice if there could be some reform on that front. But whilst there isn't, it just means we've got to do a little bit more work, but it's still not too complicated. And so I think all people who take their vote seriously could be able to go into that ballot box and just take the vote seriously enough that they take control of their preferences and choose the right candidates. And if you don't understand how it works, go to victoriavotes.org.au. There's a beautiful little five-minute video with uh, Wendy Francis, our National Director of Politics. It's got animations. It's very succinct. It's very clear. just says, this is how it works. This is how the preferences work. This is how you vote on voting day. And you'll be fully confident then that you understand it and that you're doing the right thing. Yes, uh, the victoriavotes.org.au website. Uh, You can get a link there too on the acl.org.au website. Uh, The fact that you've got a list of Christian candidates and uh, for listeners, uh, no doubt they'll be surprised the number of Christians who have got their hand up to be 
involved in the political process. Uh, this is something that we've seen in the last couple of elections that have gone, whether they be the federal election or the state election in South Australia a little earlier. Uh, but the fact that Christians are happy to name the name of Christ and uh, put themselves forward and be open to be a Christian candidate, staying with you for a moment here, Martin Isles, this has been quite a significant movement, hasn't it, in Australia over these last short while? Yeah, I've been really encouraged, Neil, in both the federal election and the Victorian election that there are people who are prepared to nail their colours to the mast. In the federal election, in the major parties, much more um, to say, I am a Christian. And they're very happy for ACL to publish that and to tell our supporters that these people are they're not just someone who has Christian background or some kind of you know, a Christian mother or father or something like this. They're people who are themselves practicing Christian. Now, that's not an endorsement of everything about them. Uh, that's not a fail-safe measure that they're always going to do exactly what you want them to do. But it's, a, it's, it's not a bad measure. You know, it's a nice thing to know about people. And so if you, say, live in, uh, if you live in uh, eastern Victoria uh, and you go on our website and you click on the upper house uh, regions and you look at eastern Victoria, which is your upper house region, uh, you'll see there straight away that there's uh, no less than five candidates there who are... Christians. And if you vote below the line in the upper house, you need to number at least five boxes. So there's five boxes for you straight away. Uh, you know, so that's the sort of resource that we have available. Uh, and it's useful. There are some people in the major parties and there are lots of people in the minor parties who are practicing Christians. And uh, that's uh, perhaps more reliable than party affiliation in terms of getting some people of good values into the upper house. Let's move on to some likely scenarios. After tomorrow's vote, uh, there'll be a count. Uh, Who knows how long it might be before there's ultimate decisions. Things could go all sorts of different directions. Some are predicting, though, the thought of a Labour-Greens coalition anticipating a swing against the Labour Party, but the Greens in the mix may well lead to a Labor-Greens coalition government for Victoria tomorrow. Bill Muhlenberg, uh, that sort of scenario, for some, that is going to be like a, a horror scenario. What are your thoughts? Well, as I say, that's when you look for your travel agent, and uh, you know, whether it's Queensland or beyond. Uh, but on a more serious front, uh, in many ways, you could say this has already been happening, right? May not be an official, formal uh, alignment, but really that's, well, certainly in Victoria, but in many other places, you've really had uh, Labour and the Greens scratching each other's back. Uh, same in the upper house with the so-called crossbenchers, uh, so-called independents. They've been doing grubby deals with Dan Andrews for years now. We've heard about Fiona Patton and the sex party, now the Reason Party. She's a excellent example of just this very thing. It doesn't matter if you've uh, signed in blood some kind of political alignment. Uh, you've been doing deals for years, and uh, so now she's pushing all kinds of radical things again, uh, everything from prostitution and so on. Uh, remember, she was the head of the sex industry for a while there. So, in a sense, it's already happening. But, yeah, if if we get this minority government, it'll be even more buddy-buddy arrangements with Labour and Greens. Uh, But, again, let's uh, not just work hard even in the remaining 24 or 30 hours. Uh, Let's vote carefully, but let's pray still like mad. 
14 seats or 14 people are running for the seat of Mulgrave, which is Dan Andrews' seat. Uh, if he loses, right, that will be a whole different ball game. Sure, there's plenty of other labor heavyweights to take Dan's place and in many ways run with the same agenda items. But in a way, Dan was unique. He was a power-hungry tyrant, loves control, loves to really do grubby deals. So if he were to uh, lose his own seat, uh, well, even if uh, Labor got back in as a minority setting, um, well, there might be some hope finally. So again, lot to we, lot to still do, lot to still pray about in the uh, time remaining. Uh, Matt Niles, as Bill Muhlenberg reflects, uh, there's been an awful lot of Victorians who have upped tent pegs and. They've moved themselves out of Victoria. They did not uh, respond well to the harsh lockdowns. And uh, we sometimes talk about an anti-Christian socialist agenda in Victoria, uh, an exodus from Victoria, and perhaps those were more conservative voters that were leaving. Uh, It doesn't bode well for a future if you've got those sorts of scenarios. And uh, some of those are aligned with the sorts of things you might be able to see in some states in the United States where there's really a downward uh, trajectory uh, of all sorts of uh, significant social issues. I know you've been outspoken too around the uh, drug issues in Victoria. Any thoughts here about an exodus from Victoria and the fact that uh, somehow or other the, the, the foundation might be weakening for, uh, for resolve of some of those things that might lead to good outcomes? Yeah, well, it's very real. I mean, I spend a lot of time in Queensland. It's kind of my second home. And I must say, it's <laughs> when you're in Queensland, you're bumping into a Victorian on every street corner who's recently moved up there. And people have Victorians in their street. You know, everyone's talking about it. There's a huge number of people that have moved up to Queensland. Um, you know, it's interesting, Neil. I actually live in Canberra, which is, uh, it, it, it's run by the ACT Territory Government. And that is a Labor-Greens coalition with pretty much zero opposition. And so we have been living under that very scenario. And people think Victoria is the worst. The ACT actually is. It's just so small and tiny. And there's so few people here that it, it doesn't get much notice. For example, this Labor Greens coalition recently decriminalized hard drugs. So you can walk around with 20 hits of heroin on your person and it's just not illegal uh, or meth or, or anything. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're in a very strange place here. Uh, and, you know, I could leave. Um, I'm not sure that I support the idea. I mean, I actually pray for something a little different. If the worst was to happen in Victoria and there was to be no silver lining out of this election in terms of political outcomes, I would pray for another silver lining. And it's interesting. I'm actually seeing this in Victoria because I spend a lot of time traveling the country. I would pray uh, that... You know, what Joseph was able to say at the end of his life would come true in the state of Victoria, which is that what was intended for evil will turn out for good or God will use it for good. And I think God can do that. We never pray for evil. We don't pray that Daniel Andrews will get in so we'll all be persecuted and stuff like this. That's not the right prayer. But the prayer is that that which is intended for evil would turn out for good. And if the Christian world continues to wake up in Victoria, continues to stand up, continues to be emboldened, continues to see what's at stake, continues to 
you know, you know the, the level of volunteer activity in Victoria for us is highest in the nation. Uh, the level of the number of people coming along to events for us in Victoria is the highest in the nation. Uh, the support base for us in Victoria is fast becoming one of the highest per capita in the nation. And I sit there and think that's the Dan Andrews effect. People are taking their faith more seriously. They're standing up. They try, they're being bolder with shining their light in a dark place. Uh, and they're being a stronger salt to try and stop the decay and stop the evil. And if that were to continue, I would actually see the church in Victoria being strongly invigorated by the things that are happening. And God can use that in the most amazing and powerful ways. So that's what I would hope for, for the state of Victoria, just as I hope and pray for it here in this little city of Canberra where I live uh, and the challenges we face. Um, I think the church can stand up uh, and God can use these challenges to bring about a lot of good. Uh, and that would be my prayer if the worst were to happen. Not that I'm praying for the worst to happen. That's the balance that we need to strike always. Let me ask you both, uh, time's now running short for our segment, uh, your gut feeling uh, for what the outcome will be tomorrow. Uh, not an aspirational thing of what you think might be good to happen, but what do you think will happen? Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, you first. Uh, uh, what do you think is going to happen as Victorians go to the polls tomorrow? Well, I am thinking we'll see some pleasant surprises. Uh, maybe not all that we would like, but uh, I'm quietly not just hopeful, but based on, well, the prayers of God's people and uh, what we're seeing developing, uh, I think for the first time in a long time, Victorians will be able to breathe with a little bit uh, of a sigh of relief and uh, by the way the prayer side is crucial last night as i well i pray every night but last night i was reflecting on right not to be too morose but sodom and gomorrah the whole bit <clears throat> and you know abraham saying god please if you can find you know 10 righteous people in the place don't destroy it for the sake of those 10 righteous. So I quickly went around my mind, thought of 10, you know, Christian leaders, pastors in Victoria. I ran them off and I said, okay, Lord, here, we've got, we've got at least 10 righteous in Victoria. So for their sake, please uh, deal gently with Victoria. We need your help. We need your grace. We've, in a sense, been under your judgment for a long time, and I think rightly so. But perhaps now there's a, a change coming. So that's my quiet expectation, and I'll keep praying to that end. And uh, I urge all of God's people to do the same. Martin Niles, you've had uh, thousands of volunteers, uh, letterbox dropping, knocking on doors, uh, making calls. Uh, some of that feedback might be feeding back to you. Have you got a gut feeling about how tomorrow might look at the end of uh, voting? Well, I, I hasten to add that my gut feeling is simply based on the natural order of things. So I look at polls, I look at data, I look at the trends, and I, I'm just looking at the natural for a second. So we serve a great God, and God always does do the unexpected, uh, and he can bring about all sorts of good. So uh, notwithstanding that, as I look at the natural, I'm going to differ with Bill and say my gut feel is a returned Andrews government. Uh, and my gut also is that the balance of power in the upper house won't quite fall uh, so that there's a majority of conservatives. Um, but uh, that's just looking at the natural. And Bill has rightly said that recently there have been some interesting changes, perhaps even some unexpected changes in the way the public mood is flowing. 
Uh, and that's very powerful. It's all about who has the momentum. So I could be proven wrong, but it's not my gut feel. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not praying that my gut feel will come true. <laughs> I am praying for something else. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to uh, appreciate the two of you very much. Uh, very good uh, Christian insights into the political state of what's going on in Victoria. Those things to be reminded of from the past over the eight years of the Andrews government. Let me point listeners to victoriavotes.org.au. There'll be a link on the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby. Who are the candidates with Christian faith? That might affect the way you vote below the line for the upper house. There's commentary there called The Truth About Daniel Andrews. And you can learn how the Victorian voting system works at the ACL website or victoriavotes.org.au. And, of course, uh, to mention the Christian Values Checklist, a one-page ticks and crosses and some question marks in there too. Bill Muhlenberg's been part of the development of the Christian Values Checklist, christianvalues.org.au. To you, Bill, and to you, Martin, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Many thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.